Welcome to the 11th episode of the Bounce Pass by the Sports Mecca. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo, and today I'm joined by first-timers Brennan Deathlefts and Adam Dice from Oregon to preview the upcoming college football season. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty pumped. You know, it's been oh, yeah. July and, 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 and August are kind of the dull period. You know, you don't have, I mean, the NBA first couple weeks of free agency is a flurry, but then it's pretty dull. And then, you know, depending on if your baseball team is good or not, baseball team's not good, good like myself for the Royals. Uh, there's not much to look forward to. So college football is the next best thing. So it's really kind of just, man, can, can early September get here? You know, this podcast is going to mention a good amount of topics. It's gonna, we're going to break down each of the conferences, each of the major five conferences, you know, from the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC. Going to break down, you know, who's going to win each division, each conference, and then a surprise player and a surprise team, good or bad, doesn't matter what, what, what angle you guys pick. For each of the conferences, a couple poll questions I have on top for you guys, and then kind of go through what our picks are for the playoff. Who knows? I mean, who knows? It could be different this year, but you, you never know. So if that's good with you guys, we'll probably just jump right into it. Sounds good to me. We'll start off with the ACC. Clemson has been the reigning champ for, I believe, four years in a row. They've been the top dog. I mean, it's, especially if you if you look at last year, you know, not only did they win 15 games, they won 15-0, and but maybe with the exception to Syracuse, they did not really have much problem winning their games in the conference. So... Um, I'll ask you guys this. I mean, I think that they're easily the favorite. Um, do you guys think that there's really not anybody touching them? Yeah, it's, it's quite a big difference between the teams and them. They just kind of literally have the biggest gap between each team in the conference. Because Virginia Tech has lost their defensive coordinator. He walked away from the job. And so that doesn't really give me hope for them knocking off Clemson when they play each other. And Florida State used to get, is uh, in shambles a little bit, so trying to bounce back from last season. And yeah, it's they're not really jealous. Miami's the same way; they got a yeah. new head coach, and now they got to figure stuff out. Miami, I would say, is probably the only team that can challenge Clemson for the ACC championship. Um, there is another team which pretty high on, which I'll save for my surprise but yeah I, this is clemson should have no problem winning this conference um, i would be surprised if they lose even one game to be honest they have to go well this is an out of conference game they have to go to texas a&m second weekend guy doesn't didn't clemson go to college station last year yeah i think this one is actually in uh, death valley yeah, this one, on the, according to their schedule thing on ESPN, it says it's first Texas A&M. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. It would be. Uh, yeah, you got it. I read it wrong. I read it wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you got you got games at Syracuse, which is a little interesting. ESPN is gassing that matchup up. They're, uh, yeah. they're uh, hoping that Syracuse can kind of repeat the success they had last year. I mean, no offense to Syracuse fans, especially if you're listening to this, but there's nothing intimidating about the Carrier Dome. Oh, it's going to be hey, tough without Eric Andre. I mentioned, you know, Syracuse put a scare into Clemson last year. They had to have their third stringer uh, save them, but 
They did lose um, in 2017, but that was Kelly Bryant, I believe. Didn't he get knocked out in that game or he was injured? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was late in the game or by midway. So, but I mean, other than that, I don't see anything that's going to. I mean, you got to add NC State. You never know with them, but mm-hmm. I like Clemson to go undefeated here. Wow, that's a pretty bold take. They, they don't have uh, much ahead of them. So I think we all can agree that Clemson is is a heavy favorite. Is, is a heavy favorite. I mean, there's really not much to uh, not not much to say negative about them. I mean, they got. Trevor Lawrence coming back. Who it's it's scary to think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the Clemson quarterback for the next two years, but uh, that is the case. I mean, he's arguably a top two. You can even say he's the best quarterback ahead of uh, Tua Viola uh, returning. And then the thing that just scares me about Clemson for the future is the fact that they have just receivers growing on trees. You know, Justin oh, yeah. Ross made such a huge impact for them last year as a freshman. He's back. You know, T. Higgins is back. And then Travis Etienne, I think, ran for over 1,300, 1,400 yards last year as a sophomore. He's back. The only issue that they'll have is just replacing that defensive line after losing Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Farrell, and Dexter Lawrence to the draft. But like Xavier Thomas looks looks to be a guy who can step right in. He had 38 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss as a freshman. So... Um, with him there, since Brett Venables just always seems to get just develop to linemen and just yeah. fit everything on the on the defense, I sh- I don't think there's much of a problem there. So no, I think they'll be able to reload just fine. Yeah, Clemson's pretty set. I mean, they if the defense has to restart, they have a uh, still have obviously Trevor Lawrence in the offense. Isaiah Sim- AC, ACC is down, so there's not going to be much of a too big of a worry. Also, uh, local flavor here in Kansas, Isaiah Simmons. He actually went to Olathe North, which Olathe, Kansas, is like 20 minutes away from me, and it's about maybe less than an hour away from Kansas City. So it's pretty close to here, um, and he's going to pretty be he's going to be the, the star for that defense. Kind of talk about the surprise teams, good or bad. You know, it can be a team that's going to take a step back that, that people don't expect, or a team that is going to take that next step and a surprise player. So, um, I'll start my surprise team. Really do like Virginia this year. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's Adams or Brennan's pick. That's mine but, as well. Okay. Uh, well, hope, hopefully, you can have some points that are different from mine, but. You know, I really do think that Bronco Mendenhall has done a fantastic job rebuilding the program. I don't know if you guys remember, but when they played at Oregon in 2016, they went two and ten. And since then, they've went six and seven and eight and five. Last year, they had very solid defense. Warren Thornhill actually got drafted to Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and even though they lost, they replaced him with Bryce Hall, who's their, who's going to be their star defensive back. College football pro. Pro Football Focus had their like their preseason list of guys to watch for, and he actually was on the he was number one um, in terms of defensive players, and he's fourth overall. But then you also have Bryce Perkins coming back, and he's electric both through the air and both on the ground. So I mean, I don't think Virginia is you know obviously gonna knock off Clemson, but their schedule is pretty feasible. Their only tough two tough games are at Miami and. At Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame doesn't affect their conference record, but um, I don't think it's 
tough to say that Virginia could have a chance to win 10 games this year. Um, so, Adam, you you agree. You had Virginia. You have Virginia as your surprise team. Just kind of give me your thoughts. Right, yeah. I've got – I think they can win – I mean, it's going to be tough with Miami there, but I think they can win the Coastal Division. And like you said, I think they're going to get to 10 wins. Uh, I like Bryce Perkins. Had a good, really good year last year and this year. I mean, could see him passing for 3,000 yards and rushing for 1,000. I mean, I like Bronco Mendenhall. He gets the defense right. It's going to be tough with Miami there, but I'm not too confident in Miami's offense right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Virginia is going to win that division. Okay, so I also had can... the same type of thought. Virginia, watched, I watched a little bit of Virginia last year, not very much, but I followed them. They're, they're, they're building right now. They're like, they, they could be on the up if they continue to keep going where they're at. Right now, this year, their schedule looks like it's in their favor because, one, they have Virginia Tech at home. They have Georgia Tech at home. Their toughest road game, obviously, is Miami and Notre Dame's. But obviously, like you said, Stephen, um, Notre Dame doesn't affect their record in the uh, conference much at all. At all I mean. But everything else, they have a lot of good – they pretty much have a home year against the decent teams in the conference. And they avoid uh, Clemson. Yeah, that's a big one. There's a chance. So you just got to take care of business at home. Yeah. That's the main thing. And yeah. last year, their home record was really good. They were 5-1, and one, I believe, at home. Yeah, 5-1 and one at home. Just take care of business on oh, 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 Miami. Miami does have a very uh, good schedule. Uh, looking at their schedule, obviously start out with Florida, but that doesn't affect conference standings. You got road games at Florida State and at Pitt. That's about it. Back back ads though, like at Penn and at Florida yeah, State. Yeah. So you got to be healthy in those. Two I, weeks. I could see, I could see them definitely losing at Florida State, but I mean that leaves them with you know one loss in conference. I think. Um, Is there any good games in the ACC this year? <sighs> well, because you oh, Miami and Clemson avoid each other. So where's the big game? Yeah. I, well, I mean the big game. Could be Virginia at Miami. That's very true. Both of those teams, although Virginia's playing at Notre Dame the week before, they could. Well, Clemson might there. just walk through. Disgusted, healthy. Yeah. Yeah, there's a chance that for uh, Clemson could have a 28 game win streak heading into college football playoffs. So, you know, we're not going to spoil it. We're not going to spoil our playoff picks, but uh, you know, I think it's looking pretty good for Clemson to be. Uh, undefeated entering at least maybe the conference championship game but um so so brennan do you do you think virginia is your surprise team or is it a different one yeah i i went through the whole conference and a lot of teams around the build and virginia had a good finish last year and all right they um, had a yeah they Everyone's on the up, up and coming they got everyone's got to build their own team up and virginia is kind of solid going into this year so transitioning to the surprise player um there's several candidates, but I really think Brevin Jordan, the tight end from Miami, could be a top tight end this year. And he was a freshman last year, and he caught 32 passes for 287 yards, four touchdowns. And one of you guys mentioned that you know their offense isn't going to be great. And considering Manny Diaz is in his first year, um, he's going to try to use as much talent, try to put as much talent around his quarterbacks. And I think Brevin Jordan, with more targets coming his way, uh, I would not be surprised if he emerges as one of the better tight ends in college football, especially in the ACC. 
my uh, best player or surprise player picks are kind of lazy because most of them are just um, a player who's on my surprise team. So when I went ACC, I, and it's not a surprise because Bryce Perkins had a really good year last year, but I think he'll be really in a national conversation this year. Um, I really like him. Especially coming back for his senior year, it's going to be a big one. He's, got a, he's going to try to make a point. This year and hopefully boost his draft stock. So, um, so Brennan, we've had Bryce Perkins and Brevin Jordan selected as the surprise ACC players. What's your pick? I was gonna have to do, I was doing the same thing pretty much with you guys in the Virginia Bryce Perkins because I would I don't know too much of the roster, but I went through and I looked up his stats last year. Pretty solid guy. ACC's plate. We're gonna transition into the Big Ten. I, oddly enough, Big Ten champ been left out of the college football playoff the last three years, which is odd, but it's true. Over the years, Ohio State's really been dominant and. It's been mixed in with that one year of Penn State winning with two losses. And if you guys can remember when Penn State won 2017, they were James James Franklin was you know trying to make the argument that he, his team should have gotten into the playoff, but uh, Ohio State got in. They didn't even win the conference. So there's the Big Ten West is pretty fair game. I think a lot of teams, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, heck, even if you want to, even Purdue, Wisconsin have a, have a chance. I don't think they're winning the conference. I even forgot Northwestern. They actually made. They actually won the West. But I think every, nearly every single team could have a chance to win the Big Ten West. But I think actually winning against the Big Ten East champ is a different story. Um, I'm probably gonna get. I'm, it's probably not gonna happen, and I'm probably gonna be on old take exposed. But you know what? I think Jim Harbaugh and his khakis are actually gonna win the Big Ten. Think so, huh? The it's it's tough, but. I Jim Harbaugh has not been as quick to progress with his offenses as like Nick Saban has, but I think Shea Patterson with another year, I think they have a chance to be very good. And, you know, they bring back Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, Tariq Black. And I think the fact that Urban Meyer is no longer going to be there anymore and that Michigan hosts Ohio State instead of going to Columbus, I think this is really their Michigan's best shot. If, if Michigan can't get it done this year with Ryan Bates, with Ryan, hot seat for sure. Yeah, if, I mean, he can't, if he can't overcome the Ohio State right, troubles, and, and especially with Ryan Day being first full season, uh, yeah, how about we'll, we'll be could be on the hot seat. And I don't know if they can't even get it done this year, Michigan uh, might not sniff another chance to win the big 10. So, uh, it's not technically a hot take to put them as, you know, the favorite to win considering they've been, I mean, they've been a good program, but considering that the last couple, the last game of the season, they always falter. Uh, it is surprising. Um, so Adam Brennan, you guys think Michigan's going to actually do it or no? I, I'm in complete agreement. I've got Michigan winning the East and winning the conference. I like uh, they brought in Josh Gaddis to be offensive coordinator. It sounds like they're going for more of a up-tempo spread offense, getting away from you know that old-school Harbaugh offense. Um I like them this year. I think I think they can win the conference. Man, uh, my pick. It's yeah. I I don't have Michigan. I this. I don't believe in Harbaugh yet. He hasn't won the big one. Their schedule's brutal. They're at Wisconsin, at Penn State, 
at Maryland. They got to go right back to Michigan State the week after, or two weeks after. Actually, never mind. They went by in between. And then you got Ohio State, obviously. Ohio State had a pretty light schedule by the looks of it. So I'm not seeing – I can see them going unscathed and being healthy going into that game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm, taking, I'm probably going to take Ohio State again until they can prove me otherwise that they're on the downfall of a rebuild in a sense. Man, thought you were going to have and, Maryland. Uh, yeah. Hey, I, I'm not saying Maryland's going to be bad, though. Maryland is a record breaker. You'd be undefeated going into that game, and that'd just be your one bad week you have. They almost lost. Ohio State actually almost lost at Maryland last year. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I have to look back on that. But Michigan's schedule, you got at Wisconsin, then you got Rutgers, then you got Iowa. I think you almost have a buy in between each week. You got with Rutgers and Illinois. But then you have to go at Penn State, and then first Notre Dame, back to back weeks. That's just brutal right there. It's just going to, I guarantee, injuries are going to compile up right there with those two physical teams. One, one team that I, I like, Scott Frost, but I feel like Nebraska is being a little overhyped. Oh, yeah. I think I, their I, win total yeah, over under is Wait, what was it? I was, I was saying, but I don't understand where this came from along the lines of they're going to win the conference, they're going to surprise a lot of people. Wait, what it's like, was the okay, win total? hold up. I, I think. What I saw was eight and a half. Okay. The over under, which mean, I feel is too high. I think they're four and eight. Well, sorry, I don't think they're going to go four and eight. They went four and eight last year, and you know, Nebraska had a really interesting first year on Scott Frost. I mean, they got blown out, and they didn't win a game in their first half of the season. They started zero and six, but then in the second half, they had a complete turnaround where they won four games, and then their offense went notch. So, um, it's interesting that you bring them up. Uh, I do actually have Adrian Martinez as the surprise player. I don't think Nebraska is going to win. I think Nebraska probably goes seven and five this year. But I do think Adrian Martinez is going to be really good. Um, I mean, in 11 games last year, he had 74.7% adjusted completion percentage. Um, He had over 3,000 total yards of offense. And one thing I, I will say about Scott Frost is he does know how to develop quarterbacks, and he knows how to fit them in the system and you know you saw it when Marcus Mariota was there um at Oregon and when he was the OC and then when he was the head coach at Central Florida he did a great job with Mackenzie Milton so I think Adrian Martinez is going to be good I mean I, I've already told me told you my surprise player but uh I don't think Nebraska is there yet I think maybe year three or year four is when we can consider Nebraska as a team that actually can threaten for uh, a Big Ten championship but I don't think they're there yet but um right. for, for for the surprise team, I do do have Purdue. Okay. You know, they went six and seven last year, highlighted by their highlighted by one their just complete destruction of a they got absolutely just destroyed by Auburn. Yeah. In their bowl game. Totally. Uh, so I it's kind of weird to think that they actually have a uh, a chance to improve their win total, but you know they have a star in the making in Rondell Moore. He was an outstanding player as a freshman last year, and um, they bring Sinclair back. And I think, you know, Brom, uh, Jeff Brom was kind of uh, persuaded by a lot of a lot of schools to, to leave. And I think because Brom was able to stick with Purdue, I think he he has very, he has a lot of confidence that he can tr- not only maintain the success of the program, but kind of take it to another level. So... Um, maybe we have some di- some differences with the surprise teams, but I mean, I have Purdue. 
to the Big Ten. Okay. My team, I think, is going to have a bounce back. Um, Wisconsin? Is Michigan State. Oh. I was thinking the same thing. They're my close second to win the conference. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, a close second. Like, they, they have a lot of, like, their defensive line is insane. That, defense is going to be great. Their, yeah, their defense is going to carry them throughout the season. I, that's an evergreen tweet right there. But Michigan State's schedule does not do them any favors at all. You got at Northwestern, at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, at Michigan. It's brutal. It's tough. And you got ASU at home, uh, Arizona State. Yeah. I okay. think they can win that. So, yeah, um, I, I like Michigan State, the offense. Can't get any worse than last year, so <laughs> uh, you can get better. Hopefully, I think they'll be. I maybe this is my surprise player too, but I think Brian Lewerke will have. I don't think he'll be great or anything, but I think he'll be a lot better than he was last that year. That is a big, big surprise player right there. It's uh, it maybe a hot take. Uh, uh, I'll put that on the hot take exposed come uh, December. I think, I think they'll be all right this year. Okay, um, so. Um, Brennan, you said that Michigan State was your second team, your second surprise team. So who is your first? Oh, well, they're not obviously too much of a surprise. I think that I'll give you a list of teams I know that will be decent. I don't think Iowa's going to be as good as they were. I think Iowa will be 7-5 decent. And then I got Michigan State probably going with that schedule. It's brutal. But I'm going to give them, I'll give them eight, nine wins if they, if they can – get an offense together that can win or score some type of points to help that defense out. Um, obviously, Michigan, they're there every year. Minnesota, I still think they're not there yet. I think they're about a 5-7 and seven team, maybe 6-6. Six and six. So, it's funny about it's funny you mentioned Minnesota. In one of the college football preview magazines, uh, I forgot what it was. It wasn't Athlon or Lindy, so it was, it was another one, but... Uh, they had Oregon in the Rose Bowl against Minnesota. Wow, that's a hot take. Yeah. Jeez, wow. row the boat apparently. This tough. That that West Division is just so wide open. Yeah, that's like anybody can win that. Oh. I mean, I I just picked Wisconsin, but anybody can win it. Okay. Um, I'm picking um Ohio State to win the conference, and I got. I'm not going too far from them. Obviously, this is, I'm staying right with the surprise player, and J.K. Thomas is going to be the player of the conference, I think. That guy is a monster. That man is an absolute beast of a running back. He'll pro- if he stays healthy, he'll probably go to the NFL draft with him this year. I mean, he, he kind of – I mean, you can't say it now because he hasn't played as a junior yet, but, I mean, his freshman season was, was insane. Uh, I believe he ran for like 1,600 yards, but, you know, he ran for – just over a thousand last year, but I think part of that was because of the injuries, and then um, Mike Weber kind of hogged some carries from him. So with Mike Weber not there anymore, I, I think that J.K. Dobbins has a really good chance of at least meeting the sixteen hundred yards that he rushed for. His He's really good. He's gonna be special. Okay, so we've covered AC, ACC in the Big Twelve, uh, Big Ten. I was about to say the Big Twelve because that's where we'll go next. You know, I think the Big 12 right now looks to be, at least on paper, a two-horse race between Oklahoma and Texas. I'm really, I don't think anybody else, uh, like even the Oklahoma State, uh, Adams, Iowa State Cyclones, um, 
even even Baylor, who I think is going to be an improved team, I don't think those teams are going to be a threat to maybe Texas or Oklahoma. So the the Texas Oklahoma Big Twelve Championship game that we saw last year, I think we're going to see it again. I think Texas is going to be. I don't think Texas is going to win. I think Oklahoma wins again. It feels like they've won this, the the Big Twelve like ten years in a row. Um, Damn, you got Jalen Hurts pulling uh, two conference titles in the SEC and Big Twelve. Yeah, I they went. I was very surprised that Jalen Hurts actually went to Oklahoma, but um, it's weird. You know, Lincoln Riley is is going to win three conference championships with three different quarterbacks. That'd be pretty um, impressive. It would be impressive. So, yeah, I'll go with Jalen, Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. I think Lincoln, Lincoln Riley knows how to run that offense. And considering they have uh, Candy Brooks back and CeeDee Lamb, who, I mean, he's not going to – I mean, Hollywood, Hollywood Brown was a blur, but CeeDee Lamb's going to have a, a, a very good season. Um, he's he's really good. If he can stay healthy, man, he's a – He's an electric player. He's yeah. really good. Um, the only thing that will hold me back, maybe from Oklahoma, is just the fact that they 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 just never just seems to. I mean, That's the whole Big Twelve. There's no defense. Um, I, I think, think TCU is the last decent team to have a pretty good defense. I think. Yeah, Texas maybe. I mean, t- uh, my surprise player is on the defensive side from the Big Twelve, but I think Texas could with Sam Ellinger back another year and. Their receiving floor is very, very good. And I didn't honestly think. I thought year two. This isn't Tom Herman entering year three this year. Or is it year four? Three. Yeah, so I, th- I think three. I thought term- Tom Herman was ahead of a year ahead of schedule last year. I didn't think they'd. Because wasn't 2016 or 2015 the year uh, Strong got fired? Yeah, it was the year that. that it was 2016. Uh, when Candace went in there. You know, sorry, they didn't go in there. Texas went to. To uh, vaunted Memorial Stadium, and they took that L. Um, but um, but I think Texas is is probably a close second behind Oklahoma. So um, would you guys agree that it's kind of Oklahoma's conference to lose, or do you think Texas? Could I'm looking at the schedule right now. Um, both their schedules match up pretty well for either. It all depends on you if you could take care of business in the easy games and not try to slip up, like. I don't know. Don't lose that. Or don't lose to Iowa State because, like you know, those, that's the team that literally ruins everyone's season every year. That one loss. It's and also Adams' uh, closet team. I don't know what to think of Oklahoma State yet. Like they're a team that can. They'll be down one year, and the next year they'll be a ten and two. Like they'll be, they'll be right there. I think also they'll be yeah. close third. I think. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State could have a real good bounce back season here. I, yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, they're a team that shouldn't be slept on because they are still. I'm just saying, watch out for that uh, opening night game at Oregon State. That's, yeah, that's if, if they put up if they put up 50 plus points and a half, and it's over. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. This is this is Oklahoma's conference to lose here. Yep. Um, Texas. I still don't totally trust them. Um, I don't know. If you look at their schedule, it kind of gives them a favor. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm just worried. 
you got games, you know, at obviously Iowa State, at Baylor, at TCU, at West Virginia. Texas has had a habit. They've developed a habit of losing these weird games on the road. They lost uh, against Maryland last year. That was not yes. a but they lost. Yeah. Opening game. Okay. Yeah. You ready for a – here's a, a scary stretch for Texas. At Iowa State, at Baylor, then versus Texas Tech. I mean, not, no teams to be afraid of, but they – they can score points, and that could really uh, scare them, yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Back-to-back road games is always tough. And three road games in four weeks is tough, too. So, Brennan, you would agree that Oklahoma is winning? Yeah. I bet Texas is, is a very close second if they come out strong and take care of business and prove mm-hmm. to the country that they're not be uh, taken lightly. Texas is back, though. Yeah, we'll try to speed this up a little bit more. So, uh Texas, speaking of Texas, on the defensive side, cornerback B.J. Foster is my surprise player. It's a, If you look at their secondary, Texas, it's, and that could be a reason why they don't win the conference this year. Secondary is pretty young. Um, they only have one senior. Everybody else is in that 2D are sophomores. And, I mean, B.J. Foster is a sophomore, but I think put a lot of impressive numbers up as a freshman. I think 33 solo tackles, nine tackles for loss, and two and a half sacks. And, a t- and two forced fumbles. So BJ Foster really did everything for them. A surprise team, you know, we've pretty much have done surprise teams, teams that will take the next step. I think a team like West Virginia is actually going to take a, a step back this year because they lose Dana Holgerson, the head coach at Houston. They lose Will Greer, who felt like he was there for seven years. Uh, David Sills was a really huge receiver for them. He's not there. So I think because those three guys who meant so much to that offense last year, and since those guys are all going to be gone, I think it's going to take a lot of time to punish that. And, you know, West Virginia, with all that talent, you know, they went eight and four. So I don't think it would be that far off a statement to say they maybe go six and six or miss a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, give me uh, Iowa State. Oh, uh, uh... Nine wins, yeah. maybe ten wins. Maybe uh, uh, college football Brock, playoff. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. I think he'll have a good year. Yeah, I think Iowa State will uh, – I mean, we talk about the lack of defense and the Big 12. I think Iowa State's defense is solid. And uh, I think my sleeper team will be um, Oklahoma State. They're going to probably most likely start 3-0. But then their first test, obviously, is going to be Texas. I think that's Texas' first uh, test also. But then after that, they got Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, and then they're at Iowa State. So you can go on a three-game three stretch, stretch right there, potentially with wins. You could be at six wins already. That's if you lose to Texas. And um, then you got to go at Iowa State, then TCU, Kansas. So you're at maybe seven, seven eight wins. So, yeah, I think they'll be a sleeper team. They, they can potentially reach Matt wins if they don't slip up against teams like uh, Kansas, TCU, right. um, Texas Tech, something like that. As long as, if they can take care of business, they'll be fine. And we'll okay. find out what they're going to be like come August 30th against Oregon State. Yes. Yeah. I also think Texas could surprise some people by losing three games. They could lose. Texas know. could lose to four LSU. games, maybe. If Te- they lose to LSU, I'd say four losses, maybe. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's doable. Okay, so does we, does Kansas make a bowl game? Um, no, 
they do not. They actually win four games this year, four and eight. That's what I think they okay. go. Um, maybe second, third year of West Miles, they get to a bowl, I think. Maybe. Okay, um, fair. Who's their wins against? Obviously, the first two are they play, doable. Uh, they play Coastal Carolina. Um, Indiana State. Indiana State. They should win those two games. Uh, they're going to get creamed by BC. Uh K-State's going to be bad this year. K-State and KU are going to be the bottom two teams in that conference. So, And then considering yeah. we have K-State and Lawrence, I think that's a win. And uh, maybe, maybe they beat Texas Tech. But I don't think that if they don't get, if they can't beat Texas Tech or um, like West Virginia, they'll probably finish with three and three and nine record. Um, so, um, the Mad Hatter will get it done eventually, but not year one. So, okay. um, so we've covered three conferences. The last two, I'm ending with the Pac-12 because we have, uh, I think that's the the one that would create most discussion. So we'll, we'll, uh, the fourth conference will be the SEC. I think similar to the big 12. Um, it's kind of a two horse race. Maybe if you want to think LSU as a chance, but I think it's Alabama and Georgia as the two top teams in that conference. Um, it feels like Georgia has been there, man. They, they played in the national championship game two years ago and they two touchdown lead and they had a two touchdown lead against Alabama last year in the SEC championship game and had come ready to play in the second half and they were able to finish the job, they could have made the playoffs last year. And Alabama might not have played it in the in championship last year. So I think Georgia, considering Kirby Smart, has really done a great job building that program. You know, Jake Fromm's back for a junior year. DeAndre's, their schedule stacks up with DeAndre. them. They're like their schedule's very favorable. Yep. You got you got four road games all year long. DeAndre Swift is coming back. Uh, my surprise player actually is Jordan Davis in the defensive line. He didn't start. He didn't. He didn't start last year. But considering that they do lose a lot of, they lost some guys in the draft. I think um, you know Jay Hayes and Jonathan Ledbetter, which is a great name by the way for defensive linemen. Uh, uh, they both are gone, so I think he's going to be my surprise player. And with that, I still don't think they win the conference. So I think Alabama still will find a way to win. I still think it's going to be Alabama against Georgia. Georgia's, it's weird because here I am saying Michigan's going to win the Big Ten, but uh, Georgia, I just don't think beats Alabama. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of having two contradicting thoughts. You know, I think Georgia just still can't get over the Alabama hump, so it's kind of like got to prove it to me first, and now take you seriously to actually win the conference so um yeah i still don't think georgia wins they'll be in the sugar bowl again this year maybe or they'll be in the playoff so but i I think alabama wins i don't think there's any question about it i'm taking alabama yep i'm gonna take alabama until they prove to me or until someone else proves me that they're gonna run through the conference right okay so ice teams we might have different thoughts here, but even though they have sanctions, I and I can't play in a postseason bowl uh, for the next two. I think Missouri actually is a surprise team. Um, I I don't think they win the East, but uh, they actually I think can qualify for the conference championship this year. If I remember, but they just can't play. In Their schedules very light. Yep. Until yep. they hit Kentucky and I Georgia, mean, they play. They, they finished rough. I mean they. 
Florida they host, and they did beat Florida last year in the Swamp. And they go to Georgia, which I don't think they beat. And Kentucky, they've had problems with the Kentucky last year. Um, and then, Is Kentucky um, – um, oh, my gosh, I forgot the quarterback's name. Uh, Terry Wilson? Yeah, is he still there? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe he transferred back to Oregon. Yeah. No, I think he's still there, for yeah. sure. So maybe that's a loss, but, you know, they play – they go to Wyoming. I don't think that will be much of a problem. And they host West Virginia, who's rebuilding. If that was Will Greer-led West Virginia, I'd say they lose. But um, considering Kelly Bryant is – He's only going to be there for a year. Um, he's kind of the you know he came in there to replace Drew Locke. I think Missouri has a good chance to win nine, ten games. And I say that, and I don't like Missouri, but I I think Barry Odom is te- really in a kind of a, a situation where he kind of has no, has no nothing nothing to lose. So I think nine, ten wins for Missouri. They're my surprise team. So, um, what's your surprise team and players for the SEC? Well, as a surprise. I know everybody's picking Georgia uh, in the East, but I'm going to take Florida. Oh! Oh, man. Felipe Frankfurter gets it done? Yeah, yeah I think I think Franks gets it done. I like the way Florida played last few weeks of the season, especially in their bowl game. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling good about Florida. Okay. Man, that's your surprise team, huh? Yep. That, you know what? That is – are very that was a true surprise. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can right. see why though. Like Dan Mullen had a pretty good first year, and he could he's returning to starting quarterback, and they do have the opportunity to hopefully uh, be a surprise team and take over, and hopefully get their brand back in a way. Just because right. everybody's going with Georgia, uh, my surprise team. Um, y'all probably gonna Vanderbilt. Knock it. It's Vanderbilt. Nope. Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Is Tennessee going to... Easy. You got three wins off the bat. Uh-huh. You got Georgia State, BYU, Chattanooga. Then you got at Florida. That'll be your test. Their schedule doesn't stack up, but they do return a lot. And with Pruitt, his second year, he's on the recruits in there. Um, but their breakout player, uh, at receiver, Josh Palmer. I talked to my Tennessee buddy about him, or about the team. He's feeling comfortable about the season, but obviously, you got to be at Florida. Then you got home versus Georgia, then at Alabama. Most likely, I mean, you could pull one upset, but you're not going to get all three. But then you finish, you finish five straight. You could easily win. I mean, you got South Carolina, UAB, at Kentucky, at Missouri, Vanderbilt. Right. But if Alabama doesn't derail your season by stopping you out fifty something to seven. Then you should have some type of confidence going into the last five games to go make a decent bowl game, because right. then you could be at eight wins. Right. Okay. Yeah, eight nine wins easy. Tennessee, man. So I think the Tennessee, Missouri, and Florida all East teams. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, those were true. Maybe not Missouri, but I think Florida and Tennessee are true surprise teams. Okay. So. I've heard um, a lot of talk about Florida already, and I didn't want to make that the main pick. Right. So I had to go a little outside the box. Right. Okay. Okay, so all all the, the first four conferences are all covered. Uh, we've saved the best conference for last, the conference that um, – Conference of Champions. The Conference yeah. of Champions, the conference that 
wants to have 9 a.m. kickoffs. Um, oh, yeah. And that is the Pac-12. Obviously, with both of you guys living in Oregon, and even though I live in Kansas, uh, I support Oregon. So I figured it would be a great ending to the conference previews. So, I mean, it would be something if we all picked Oregon to win the conference. Uh, and, I mean, I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. You know, Justin Herbert, this is for him. He's a senior. Um, I think, you know, he's – him and Troy Dye have, have done a great job kind of surviving, you know, the, the transition period that, you know, they've been through three – they've been through three head coaches in their tenure. I think from a talent perspective, their their defense is is experienced now. I mean, they got they got bodies now. They actually got bodies and depth that can scare people. And you know, from Javon Holland, he's not my breakout player, but I think Javon Holland's gonna have a really good year. Um, from Thomas Graham for Diamador Lenore on the, uh, and then that's not even talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, who can make an impact as a pass rusher defensively. I'm gonna pause you right there because I have a feeling we're gonna pick the exact same breakout player, and this is the. No, I guarantee you, I it's my breakout player is not going to be your breakout player. You guys are going to think that I I'm, bet you mean Adam probably had the same one. Unless Adam changes up it. real quick. I doubt it. Okay. Really? Well. <laughs> I'll tell you, my breakout player isn't even on Oregon. Mine isn't either. I don't think Javon Holland is a breakout player. I think it's going to be a player that you guys are going to be like, what the heck is he thinking? But I'll, I'll get to it. But, uh, yeah, defensively, I think they're, they're, they're ready. Uh, the biggest, the only question I have for Oregon this year is: Can they be consistent? Can they be, can they be consistent? Can consi- you win on the road? Yes. yes. And, oh my gosh! And, <laughs> if not, it's going to be bad. And can ju- yeah, and can and can Justin Herbert prove that one? We is he obviously an NFL, a guy that a team can trust in the NFL, one or two, um, but also a guy that can kind of. Show him can kind of separate himself from all the other Oregon quarterbacks that have have come. I mean, I think you know Justin Herbert hasn't had a fair shake considering he missed half the season in 2017 and he was thrown into the mixture in just a just a disaster of a season in 26 a freshman. So last year was kind of his first full season with expectations. Uh, this is it for him. I think the running game, CJ Verdell. And trap and Troy and Travis die. Sorry, um, you know, I, It'll be a big help for him without a doubt. Like that, if if he can't find a way to get it going, those two plus any oncoming true freshman, as in Sean Dollars, I don't know if he'll get much playing time just because right. they could they want to his red shirt. But then you got guys like um, oh, man, I, there's two. They're just too loaded right now at the on the offensive side of things uh-huh. of a fr- incoming freshman. You got Darian Felix that. Can't come out this year because he had a rush last year because of a injury, I believe. And you got mm-hmm. Cyrus, the goal line, ground and pound type of guy. Right. It all it all depends on, in a sense, what kind of offense they're going to still go for. I assume they're still mm-hmm. going to go for the 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 pound and the rock and whatnot. But you got so many well done backs. You got the speed, you got power, and you got a combination of both. And now it's just. How do you want to use utilize them? Yeah. How and do you do? 
want Herbert to take over the game, or do you want the backs to carry the load? Yeah, and I'm more. I'm. You know, we know we know that Oregon definitely has a lot of backs that they can use to to wear you out. But and I know that they have Micah Pittman. I know how talented he is a freshman, but. I'm really kind of looking forward to see other guys that aren't the freshmen actually take a step forward. Jalen Red, you know, he he had a, I think just under 500 receiving yards last year, but he was he wasn't consistent, and he had games that I think he maybe had one target or zero targets. He needs to be he, he needs to get open every game, and he needs to to make his um, he needs to make his mark, and then. Guys like Johnny Johnson and Jawan Johnson, the Penn State transfer, I think all need to assert themselves as one or two, uh, sorry, wide receiver number ones and wide receiver number twos. Um, and, you know, who knows what would have happened if Dylan Mitchell had stayed. But, you know, I think Dylan Mitchell, I mean, he, you know, he was right to stay. I mean, sorry, right to, right to, right to enter the NBA. The, uh, why, why is he NBA? NFL draft. First round NBA pick. Uh, yeah, yeah. First round hey, NBA pick. could have been to the Kentucky offer. First round NBA pick, man. To the but Boston Celtics. Is, yep, yep. Joe Mitchell would be a great, uh, would be a great shooting guard. Um, but, you know, he struck when the iron was hot, so I don't blame him for leaving. But his void is going to be huge because Joe Mitchell was one of the few guys that could get that could create separation and get open. Now, on the other end, you know, Justin Herbert, I thought, threw to him too much. So I think for the, uh, for the, for the Herbert aspect is, can he see the entire field? Can he look off his maybe first or second options and try to get the third or fourth options? Um, you know, his completion percentage dropped last year from like 63%, no, sorry, 65%. To 59. There were 60 plus drops in there. Yeah, they had. I think mean, it said they had 52 drops from the receivers. The so, most drops in the country. So how, I don't know how many drops they had from the running back. So um, he's going to have to hope that his receiving core can get better at catching the ball and creating separation. Uh, again, it falls on Herbert and Marcus Royals and Mario Cristobal's ability to stick with the game plan. You know. They were both in their very first full season, so I'll cut them some slack. But I think this year, there's not much excuses. So, with that, I mean, we, we, we mentioned all about Oregon, so I think they win the conference. But the only thing that's going to stop them from not winning the conference is the schedule. The schedule is not easy. They play at Washington, at Stanford, and they, you know, they've they've struggled on the road, just like you guys mentioned, but. Stanford has been the Stanford and Washington State, oddly enough, have been their thorn in their sides. I mean, they haven't beaten Washington State since 2014, uh, which seems eons ago. They've lost four straight matchups to them, and they have not beaten Stanford since 2015. So, and then I don't think USC is a tough game because I I, I don't think Clay Helton and USC are going to be a team that's even going to win like eight games. But the atmosphere could be. Oh man. Could, could be tough, yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, Auburn's not going to affect their conference schedule, but I think Auburn will be a game that people maybe outside the conference are going to look at and say, okay, you're playing an SEC team week one in prime time, you know, time to sh- time to show me if you guys are back or not. Auburn will be a – it's not obviously a game that's going to affect 
you know, if they win or not. But it'll be a game that obviously we would like to see them show up and win. So um, if they can navigate their schedule, I think they have the talent to win at least the North. Um, I know people have kind of fallen in love with Utah, but Utah does have a very favorable schedule this year. So I can understand people kind of siding with them winning the Pac-12 South, but I don't think they have the talent to beat Oregon in the conference championship game. Yeah, I've got – I went in Utah to win the South and went with Oregon, but it's just a real toss-up for me between Oregon and Washington here to win the North just because of Oregon's schedule. Mm-hmm. Oregon's schedule is the reason why I'm skeptical, but Washington's quarterback play is another reason why I'm skeptical of them. Cause, and plus, they lost 9 of 11 starters on defense, so that's another big thing. So I'm like, one, they could just completely revamp and – be totally yeah. fine, or their defense could be the the struggle for Washington, and that could cost them potential Pac-12 North title and Pac-12 title. Yep. But if Oregon can't be consistent and can't win road games, then that could be their fault. And who knows? There could be a dark horse out of the North that can just come up and snag it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cal, like they, they're not bad. They're they're turning quite a bit, and hopefully they can figure out some type of quarterback play, and then. They can get in the mix of all this. We know we we know Cal's defense is going to be really good. Really good. Um, obviously, the question is going to be the offensive side of the football. Um, we'll head into the surprise team for the Pac-12. I actually don't have Cal. Mine is it's not really off the board, but I'll go with Arizona State because I'm not really impressed with the with the Pac-12. Cal's a clear favorite, but you know. I just don't – I don't see I, – I, UCLA is definitely not there yet. And I – you know, Arizona, maybe. You know, I think Herm Edwards surprised people last year winning seven games. I think Arizona State with, you know, Benjamin back for another year. I know they lose Nikhil Harry. Um, but, and um, Manny Wilkins. And Manny – yeah, I, it's weird, but I trust – I think he's going to utilize, you know, Benjamin well, and I think – because this Pac-12 South is just not good, uh, outside of Utah, I think they do win maybe nine games. So, um, I mean, I there's there's only really two teams in the South for me, and that's like you said, Arizona State, Utah, just because one they're proven they had they had really good years last year for being South. Arizona's still in shambles. We don't know what um um Kevin Sumlin's going to do down there. We don't know. What USC is, even though I, I don't want to say that with my surprise team, but they're right, like they're really close to my dark horse because really quiet. I don't know. Their their schedule is not terrible, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. They got at home versus Stanford, at home versus Utah, and then they got to go at Washington. That could be that their back record right there, and can really hurt them. JT Daniels returning, him being a sophomore and. Should be his freshman year of college. Um, he's gonna have experience under his belt, and they can. Oh, I'm not hoping, but they could be a big surprise this team right. for me. So, who's is your surprise team, Cal? No, actually, it's Oregon State. They win three games this not year. Not quite. Yeah, I, uh, I gotta pull up the whole thing. My surprise team. 
It's gonna be UCLA. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Have big surprise yes. Oh Who's no. Quarterback? Oh uh, no. I have a feeling that Adam and I have the same surprise player. I think so. I think no. so. I'm picking a man by the name of Dorian Thompson Robinson. No. <laughs> oh wow. I thought I had all you guys fooled by picking him, but looks like God. Adam. Um, yeah. So I, I think they'll I think they'll uh, surprise some people and uh, maybe even win uh, mess around and win eight games. You don't think they win eight games? No, seven. Seven? Oh, I don't even think they make a bowl though. I think they win like five. Oh, no, no, I, nah, I, I disagree. So you think seven and five is what they go? Yeah. Okay. My surprise team, Dark Horse. You probably heard it. Out of conference, you have to take that out and just put it in the Pac-12 play. It's going to be Stanford, I think. Stanford just you got you got you got Costello returning. Parkinson back. And still, you still got David Shaw as your head coach. They're never going to go away and be the bottom feeder of the Pac-12. They have home games against Oregon, Washington, UCLA. Um. Oh gosh, they don't. They have Arizona also at home. I mean, their only road games are Colorado, Washington State, and who knows what Washington State is going to be like. Yep. I look at it; they're, they're going to take a big fall this year. I don't think they're going to be very good at all. Yet they'll still be Oregon. <sighs> yeah. I don't think so. Not this. Yeah, I think the I think that streak ends. Okay. But man, they got like they got the hardest games at home. You got Oregon, Washington. UCLA, and then, I mean, you got to go at USC, but that's early, and if USC's not figured out by then, then they can easily steal that one. Okay. That's a 7.30 kick at USC, so that's going to be a fun Don't pick Dorian Thompson-Robinson, please. No, I have, I, have, I, have, I have a two-way tie. One being KJ Costello. Okay. And then two being um, uh, Daniels at USC. Okay. Two quarterbacks. They're they're my tie. I can't really pick one, and I think they both have really good seasons. All right. So that was a lot. We covered all five conferences. So we'll we'll try to be quick here. We have the quick hitting questions, the hard hitting poll questions. Uh, I tweeted a lot of these out last week, and I got some some mixed results. I got some results that were surprising, but. Uh, I'll ask you guys these questions before we then talk about the last part of the podcast, which would be quick, which would just be the playoff predictions. And uh, I have, let's see, five, five open-ended questions. Well, not, they're not open-ended. I have choices. So five questions that you guys can answer just, just quick. Um, and number one, which program that has not made the playoffs this year – sorry, not this – has not made the playoffs ever – has the best chance of making it for the first time in 2019? LSU or Michigan? Uh, give me Michigan. Uh, LSU and Texas, their schedules are too tough for me. Um, I like Michigan. Yeah, out of those three, I'd probably take Michigan as well because Texas still has to place Oklahoma and LSU has Alabama to face through. And if okay. Michigan can just get over that Ohio State home, they can easily sneak right in. Okay, I have Michigan as well. Um, question two, which school wins more games after missing a bowl game a season ago? Arizona 
Nebraska, UCLA, or Tennessee? Um, I think UCLA and Nebraska will both get uh, – they may get seven wins. I don't know. Uh, That's what I was thinking. I was thinking about seven. I can't see much more, but I can see about seven, eight if they can steal one from somebody. Okay. But like I said, I'm probably going to stick – I'm probably going to go Nebraska, Tennessee. Oh, wait, i got to pick one. Never mind. Um, hang on. i got to look at Nebraska's schedule again. I'm going to say UCLA, to be honest. All right. UCLA, you have well, you have UCLA winning seven games, maybe yeah. eight. Uh, I think UCLA, they're stealing six wins, but uh, I, who knows? Um, um, I think... I think Nebraska because they have a pretty favorable schedule, and if the height's what it's meant to be, I think they can easily do it. They have some pretty easy games they can just take. Okay. All right. I so see three, four, five, six, seven. I see seven wins from teams that are below par. All right. So, all right. So you have Nebraska. Um, Brennan has Nebraska. I have. Ooh, I'll go with Nebraska as well, and UCLA is the pick for Adam. Okay, so question three: Which team has the best path best path to ten wins? Miami, Oregon, Virginia, or Houston? Oregon. Uh, wait, path? The best oh, path shit. to win ten games. Oregon has the talent to win 10 games, but their path is not easy. Yeah, their path is not easy at all. Miami, uh, I don't think Miami's schedule is great, but the question is, I don't think, I don't think their offense is going to be good enough to win 10 games. Uh, Houston, Derek King is a dark horse Heisman candidate, um, but the, Ace, the uh, American Athletic does have some good teams. So I would say Virginia. Uh, I don't know, but they have a lot of road games. Yeah, I actually kind of like I, I kind of like Miami's schedule. Um, Houston's there. Like you said, Oregon. I can't go Oregon. Um, too many road games. I don't know. I, I might say Miami actually. Okay. So I think Houston. I think Dana Holgerson gets it done. games are very hard. I mean, you got at Oklahoma, but that's your toughest one. But and I don't know, who knows what UCF is going to be. Derek, so we're not sure. Derek King is going to go to Norman and win. No, that's not... That, no, that, that, that won't happen, but that'd be interesting. Houston did Houston did beat Oklahoma in the season opener a couple years ago, but that was on a neutral site. Um, question four. Out of these returning running backs, which ones that, are, that I'll mention has the best season? Travis Etienne, Clemson, J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State, C.J. Verdell at Oregon, or Eno Benjamin at Arizona State. Keep in mind, Eno Benjamin ran for like 1,600 yards, and I mean, these are pretty quality running backs. Yeah. Yeah, I think Etienne will have the best season overall, but um, with Arizona State, 
breaking out a new quarterback. I think they're really going to ride, you know, Benjamin. Um, so I put him number two behind uh, ETN. All right. I have, I have Benjamin. Okay. I got um. I got J.K. Dobbs. I don't know. He he looked like he's just improved his body, and obviously Weber's gone now, so I think he can. He's going to obviously be taking the majority of the carries. Um, I don't think Ohio State's. I don't think Ohio State's schedule. I don't think it's terrible. So if, if they can run a rough shot, yeah, he could easily have three, four big games in a row. They have some pretty light work early. Okay. All right. So well, his stats padded up right there. Because if they don't know their quarterback situation, like say if like they don't trust the quarterback yet, and they just want to slowly work him in, I'm sure the first four games will be mostly running. Right. Yeah, I mean Justin Fields. I we don't know about his arm yet. We know he's gonna. We know he can run. Um, last question: Which head coach is under the most pressure to win this season? Willie Taggart at Florida State, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, or Clay Helton at USC? Go on, uh, Clay Helton, because he's the only one here who. <laughs> You could say Harbaugh, um, but yeah. he's the only one here who, if he doesn't win, he's definitely gone. Brennan, uh, Urban Meyer slips in there. Urban yeah. Meyer. Oh, oh, oh! I see. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you meant like Urban Meyer is like the head coach of the most pressure. But well, Brennan, you did mention uh, like Gus Mel. Well, you didn't mention it here, but you mentioned it. You told me that Gus Melzahn would be a candidate. Um, yep. If I mention it, the only reason why I don't think they'll fire Gus Malzahn is because that buyout's insane, and he has like five more years left on that deal. It's, it it would be a lot, but yeah. if Auburn loses to Oregon, uh, or if Oregon stomps them, it's gonna yeah, it, the Auburn bo- fans are all nice and mad. The boosters are gonna be ready if uh, yeah. Auburn gets destroyed week one, so. But he he's not mentioned, so you'd have to pick the three of them. So either Tiger, um, Helton, or three. If Michigan cannot beat Ohio State without Urban Meyer there, I think his time's up. I've talked to multiple Michigan fans. They're getting tired of the constant, like, we're getting the final game, and then we get smoked, and then we make a bowl game, and then we either lose to an SEC team. Or play some whack Pac-12 yeah. team and it's over. I mean, it's just not, it, it's very similar to what like um, the Nebraska few years ago, Bobolini when he was just eight win, nine win, eight win, nine win. It's like, can you get over that hump? Well, no, he couldn't, and he got canned. And so, yeah. Michigan's obviously a big name program, winning's a uh, thing, and when you have a favorable schedule, you should be able to. Hopefully, beat your biggest rival at home. If you can't win at home versus Ohio State, I think he's done. Right. I think Jim Harbaugh has done like just enough to be keeping his job. Uh, I don't. But when they got housed last year, like that was a brutal loss. Yeah, and then they also got destroyed by Florida in the Peach Bowl. That exactly. Was, that so just it's added like... more. That added more food to the fire. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's Jim Harbaugh. I I think Clay Helton's going to be gone regardless, in my opinion. I think if Clay Helton – like, I think USC fans are going to expect, like, 10 wins this year, 
And if he doesn't get 10 wins, he's going to be gone. But I don't think 10 wins is even going to happen. I uh, think USC has a good shot. I mean, if if they can obviously win games they should be winning, considering all the talent they have, I think that... I'll go look at the schedule real quick. He's um, banking on the air raid to save his job. Exactly. And JT Daniels already been in the system uh, one year. Hopefully... Didn't they hire that um, North Texas coach or offensive coordinator or something? Yeah. So Graham Harrell. I mean, they're yeah, they're brutal games right at Washington at Notre Dame. That's the hardest games you got. I mean, you got Cal late, but that's that's a way also. You can take. I mean, they, they just have to. Yeah. But if if they can win. Let's see. I'm trying to like rack up the wins and see what they if they can get them. Eight. One, two, three. Um, four, five. Oh god, this is actually looking a lot rougher than I thought. I can see seven if they can get a uh, spark going early. Okay. And I don't know if that's enough to keep her job, and I don't like I don't know what they're. Their patience is with him. Yeah. If they go and beat, if they say they beat like Utah, but then they lose to like, I don't know, um, UCLA or, I mean, UCLA could be a surprise team, but if they lose to Arizona at home, it's like really, dude, what, like, what's going on? How do you, how'd you beat Utah but you can't beat Arizona? <laughs> yeah, Clay Elton's gonna. I, I already see it now. USC is gonna be eight and three. Have a chance to go nine nine and three with a chance to win the Pac twelve North Pac twelve South, and they're gonna lose to UCLA. Uh, yep. That that would be very fitting for Clay Elton. Um, oh yeah. Okay, so the last piece it's not gonna take that much thought, at least in the top portion, uh, is the playoff predictions. I think we both can agree. All can agree that. Clemson and Alabama are going to play in the playoffs for the 10th straight year. And playoff in 2050, they're going to be there for the 50th straight year. And Nick Saban, at 90 years old, is going to be coaching. Um, or maybe Davos Swinney. But um, with that, I think since we all know the top two teams are going to be selected, the bottom two, the three or four seeds, are going to be somewhat of a challenge. For me... I think the three seed, I think it's going to be very similar to 2017. I don't think Georgia wins the conference, but I think Georgia is going to actually end up getting in. And uh, Notre Dame is, I'm not saying, I'm not picking Notre Dame, but you know, Notre Dame, I think it's going to take a step back this year. So I don't think they're going to go undefeated. Yeah. Um, I maybe, maybe I say this not with much confidence, but if Oregon goes 11, if they beat Auburn and they maybe lose only one co- one game in conference and they go 11 and one and win the con- and win the the Pac-12, I think they're they're talented enough to go 11 and one this year or 12 and one. I think they're they have a very small outside chance of making it, but I don't think they get it done. I probably will have to say Oklahoma. So see, I don't even have a Pac-12 team making the playoff. I just can't see it. You got too many questions between two teams 
Oregon, Washington. I don't think Utah mm-hmm. has the, the strength to make it that far. Yeah. I can see them slipping a game or two see. that I they shouldn't. See. And then Washington obviously has questions of defense and quarterback. Oregon, how consistent can they be? How consistent can they keep throughout the season? Can they win the big ones? Can Justin Herbert have that signature game he's been looking for? Um, I just don't see the Pac-12 in it. Um, I can see Oklahoma. I mean, it all depends on how Jalen Hurts works there. I can see them being uh, playoff worthy. I see Alabama, like you said, Alabama, Georgia. Um, I, I still can't see. If Ohio State can be Ohio State and win again, keep winning, they'll be close. They'll be probably top seven when it comes down to it. But it's I'll just, I'll just throw them out there. I think Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and I'll throw I'll throw a, I'll throw a spike in there. I'll throw I'll throw a rough shot in there. Kansas. Yeah. Um. I really don't want to pick Oklahoma, but. I mean, you can't you can't pick a team. You can't pick like another team that's gonna not win the conference. So yeah, you're gonna have to pick a conference champion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, give me Texas. Whoa, Texas! Not even winning the conference. If they have to, they literally have to beat obviously Oklahoma. If they can beat Oklahoma, I honestly think they could beat the rest of the conference. Yeah, the win against LSU would would help their resume. So. Yeah, especially that you can be LSU and Oklahoma. Oh boy, you'll be top ten quick. Ooh, okay. You'll be top ten real quick. All right, so okay, I got I got Clemson one, Bama two, Shocking. three. I like uh, Michigan okay. and uh, four Oklahoma. Oklahoma playing Clemson and yep. Michigan playing Alabama. Okay. Yep. Um. So yeah. So you guys. Adam was the only one that had a Big Ten team in. I just can't see other than Ohio State. Michigan, I just don't see Harbaugh. I have, so with me having, so I have Clemson, Bama, I already said it, but I'm just saying it again. Clemson, Bama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. It's going to be the exact same thing in 2017. I have uh, Clemson beating Alabama for the national championship. Dabble Sweeney winning his third title. Uh back-to-back years. Do you guys actually think that the national championship game is going to feature uh, or not? It's inevitable, right? I don't think. Eventually, yeah. And I think eventually Alabama will be the one to miss out. But um, I don't think. I think this year we'll get get the same, same thing. Yeah. Breaking news. As of an hour ago about Former QB, Oregon QB, and current Virginia Tech QB, Braxton Burmeister waiver has been denied by the NCAA. So does that mean he's still at Oregon? I think that means he has to he sit, sit out, out a year this okay. year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's a nice curveball. <laughs> to this. It's yep. I wasn't very high on Virginia Tech this year anyways. Is Bud Foster no longer there? Well, I think he's still isn't going to be there this year. I don't think so. I think he stepped away completely. Like he literally just dropped it all. I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out. 
right. Um, so we've covered all the bases. We've covered conferences. We did some questions, just quick, quick minute questions about of college football teams and players, and the playoff predictions. That's all I actually have covered for uh, this episode. So, um, if there's anything else you guys want to add, feel free. Um, but if not, we'll probably end it. Sounds good. Yeah, I have no questions. Okay. Um, well, again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know it's typically uh, you typically do this later in the day, but we got this done earlier. So I'm happy you guys were able to get it. We're able to uh, get your time organized and get this done. For sure. And hopefully we can get some a lot of stuff going on during the season, which is only oh, yeah. which is only a couple weeks away. So. Yeah. Real excited for that. Yep. All right. Well, if that's the case, guys, I'll probably let you go. Alrighty. Talk to you guys later. All right. We'll see you. See you guys. See you. See you.